This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Stephen Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And this week, we are going to secretly make some booze to Ooh. provide to our dry town, I think. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, both of us, Steve, have tried to make our own beer. I know you were a little <laughs> bit more successful than me and my friends were. Yes. Um, but not for any any dry reasons. No, luckily I didn't have to supply uh, any alcohol through a bowling alley or, <laughs> you know, supply a dry town. And no no uh, cops or people came in to try and stop me. But uh, but this week, because we are illegally making beer, I think we have uh, someone someone coming into town, a new sheriff. Yeah, someone to hold us hostage if we uh, <laughs> don't do things correctly. And, Maybe uh, catapult us. Maybe catapult us at the very end, yes. Uh, but this gentleman has been with The Simpsons for at through what we're recording through five years of The Simpsons' life. Started in season three, was a writer, executive producer, showrunner, and The Simpsons did it. Is very happy to welcome to the show the wonderful, amazing Bill Oakley. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be here. I am excited to talk about this episode in particular as you know i selected this episode to discuss and i don't think i've ever discussed it on any other podcast so it should be an interesting uh, talk that's awesome yeah we always i i mean a lot of times whenever we have guests on we always let them you know choose because that way it's something special that they could talk about i remember having mike reese on we had him for the um season three opener Um, jackson the Michael Jackson episode, because that was one of those episodes that's like had some controversy. And since he wrote that, we really wanted his <laughs> yeah. take on that. Um, but but Bill, uh, like we ask all of our guests who might not know you from from The Simpsons, what uh, how did you get started in The Simpsons? Did you start watching it season like one, Tracy Ullman? How did you get brought into the world of The Simpsons? Yeah, well, um Josh and I, when I say we throughout this whole conversation, I refer to Josh Weinstein and myself. Josh, my writing partner, show ran the show with me, and we've done many, many other projects. My best friend since high school. So I say we here. Josh and I wrote a, you know, in Hollywood to get a TV writing job, what you write is what is called a spec script, where you write a script on spec. You're a script for a show that you like for free. To demonstrate okay. that your ability, you, your ability to copy someone else's style and and you know be entertaining, so we had written a a Seinfeld spec, and this was back when Seinfeld had only been on for like four episodes <laughs> and was still called the Seinfeld Chronicles. Uh, and Mike, uh, our agent, got it into the hands of Mike Canal, who were running the show at that time. Um, and I heard actually only one of them had even heard of Seinfeld at that time, but they liked it, and I think they also had known us uh, socially a little bit. Um, so they called us in to write a freelance episode. And the episode that they gave us uh, was an episode made up by Conan called Marge Gets a Job. Oh, And at that time, we were the first. And, and then I think various other things happened that uh, take a long time to explain. But eventually, we ended up getting hired on the show a few months later. 
after that. And it was, I, we were, I think we were the first like fan, super fans of the show <laughs> to actually get hired oh, because awesome. um, everyone else, like, uh, you know, maybe had seen the show or whatever, or they'd heard of it, but I think they were just like, um, they, you know, they had just, they were acquainted with the show. They weren't super fans of the show like we were when we got hired. And it was an extremely strange situation to be thrust into this show that we loved so much. And with, at that time, what was um, a superstar writer's room. You know, it was like the writer's room from um, SNL in 1976 or uh, yeah, the um, Sid Caesar hour in 1958 when they had, you know, Neil Simon and, and Woody yep. Allen and all those guys in the room together. This was a room of, of talent, guys with that level of talent. And we were extremely intimidated. Uh, and, um, but I think over the coming months, over the first couple months we were there, we got kind of, uh, um, we got more used to the situation. We got a little more confident. And then later in that year, we wrote uh, the first draft of Margin Chains. Oh. which um i was very i think was pretty popular at the time and i think at that point we had sort of we sort of cemented our we knew that we weren't gonna get fired at that point which was <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is good um and then a, a weird thing happened where everybody left the show like pretty much everybody left the show oh. <laughs> late in season four except for conan yeah and us and dan mcgrath who had been hired just only like a month earlier leaving us to be um the only people writing for the show for like four or five months oh, um, wow. in, in early late season four. So anyway, you only asked one question about how I got started <laughs> in the Simpsons and I've gone on way that's past fine. that. So oh, uh, anyway. that's okay. But so, so being super fan though, were you bought in during the Tracy Ullman show or was it more season one when you started recognizing it? It was season one. We didn't, I mean, we had seen Tracy Ullman. Like I remember watching that in college, watching that Fox lineup of whatever they used to have on Sunday night um, and watching. I don't like Tracy Ullman. I don't like that sketch show very much though. I mean, <laughs> okay. it was, it's funny enough and I saw the Simpsons things, but they were crude. And it wasn't like I tuned into Tracy Ullman just sure. to watch the Simpsons things. Yeah. I liked them when they were on, but uh, it was when the show really took off. I mean, everybody, it's hard to describe to people who are under 30, 40, how different the Simpsons was and everything else on TV. Mm -hmm. at sure. that time and it's shocking like it, it was well first of all it hadn't been a cartoon on prime time really since the flintstones 30 years earlier um there was a brief uh, flirtation with it in the 70s but it, it didn't go anywhere um so it was shocking there was a cartoon on prime time it was also the whole attitude of the show was very different than what was on you know the prototypical show at that time was the cosby show and it there was all a lot of, it was kind of like a lot of saccharine family stuff and uh, there just wasn't anything. Your know, Cheers was was considered the the apex of of TV comedy, which it was for a while. But it was still not like The Simpsons was very satirical, very mm -hmm. wry. And people, you didn't have that kind of stuff where you didn't have the kind of behavior that you had on The <laughs> yeah. Simpsons um, yeah. on television at that time at all. And it shocked everybody. You know, like there was all that stuff with the T-shirts with you know yeah. saying underachiever and proud of it that were banned in in, <laughs> in uh schools and things and like anyway it, it basically to really vastly oversimplify it brought a late night sensibility the kind of writing that you'd only see on letterman or snl to prime oh, sure. time yeah, and yep. we loved we were among those people who loved it and immediately became you know it became appointment viewing for josh and myself and many other people in, in our generation yeah. awesome yep. cool so let's start out this episode uh, we are doing season eight, episode 18, Homer versus the 18th Amendment. And 
Bill, I don't I don't know if was this planned out episode eighteen, Homer versus the eighteenth amendment, or is this just no, a nice little coincidence? That was just me. I didn't even this is the first time I've realized that, honestly. <laughs> Like, I was like, huh, episode 18, 18th Amendment, maybe they planned this out, but okay, nice little coincidence. Um, air date, uh, original, uh, March 16th, 1997, so a nice little day after birthday present for you, Steve. That's right. Well, it's a St. Patrick's Day episode, <laughs> yeah. you know, which yes. is why I guess it was timed at that. It was one day, yeah. wait, March 17th is St. Patrick's Day, right? Yeah, that's so correct. One day before Steve's Patrick's birthday, day. Yeah, yeah, Steve's birthday is the 15th, so. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd assume you guys planned it that way. Uh, our recap uh, from Disney Plus. Um, Bill, I don't know how much uh, Disney Plus you watch of The Simpsons, um, but this is where we usually get our recaps. And sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. Yeah, so I'd I've like seen to get some your, of those. I, I don't know like if, if this is a good one. Uh, Homer becomes a bootlegger when Springfield decides to enforce a 200-year-old prohibition decree. Pretty, <laughs> pretty good. good. Yeah. I did a pretty good job for that one. Um, no chalkboard this week, unfortunately, because uh, it's a longer episode. And now was that? Co- well, oh, I want to ask though. So, so when we talked to Mike Reese, we got his uh, his basis for why they do no chalkboard and repeat couch gags. Was this a timing thing for the episode? Always, the shorter in intro. Case, it, it was Josh and I. Mike and Alex episodes often came in short because they were like they were all about like cutting tight, cutting it tight. Uh, Josh and I's our stories were so bloated that it was often that we didn't have room for the couch gag or, you know, we always had to cut stuff for time and it was a timing issue for sure. Okay. okay. So our couch gag this week is a repeat. Um, it's the uh, Western one where the living room is a Western plane. The family comes in dressed in Western gear and sits on the couch and the couch acts like a horse and bucks off into the sunset. And this was originally from the Homer They Fall. So, so I guess my question for the couch gag was the did you guys was this the eighth was the eighth season kind of the end of repeating couch gags, or did you no, guys I still we repeat, repeat them? I thought it, I thought it was true. I thought we always made eleven and ran each one twice. I thought that was what we yep. did. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I mean rewatching all these and seeing the couch gags were kind of interested to see because I know. Obviously, right now, I think it probably happened probably season maybe 28 and after. Like, there's almost zero couch gags at this point anymore. Like, oh, they, wow. just go, they just run right into the episode. Um, but Well, that shows are so much shorter these days, too, because they keep packing in more commercials. I think our shows like 20, uh, were like 22.45, which seems short at the time. 22 yeah. minutes and 45 seconds. I bet you anything that they're under 20 now. Sure. Oh, wow. and, and the reason – well, it's funny. The reason – Mike Reese gave for us that they stopped doing the repeat couch gags was because people would tune into the show, see the same couch gag, and assume it was a repeat from, and then not watch it because they just oh, assume. Oh, I never heard I, that, but it's possible. Yeah, they said he was like, "Oh, I've seen this couch gag before, so the entire episode must be, <laughs> must be a repeat." <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Um, so cool. So we start this episode. Uh, Bart and Lisa are going to school and. You know, Bart calls Lisa stupid for wearing a green dress because Lisa never wears a green dress. And, yeah. you know, Lisa's like, I don't feel stupid. And then Bart notices everyone wearing green and then remembers it's St. Patrick's Day. And I mean, I I love St. Patrick's Day, probably one of my favorite holidays and definitely have my shirt ready to go for for that. So this this sort of thing doesn't happen. Um, and all the kids, yeah, you know, I, I, 
<laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't necessarily wear green anymore. I don't really remember the whole pinching kids for not wearing green. I know it is a thing, but I never saw it happen. Yeah, same. I I I just I took the other writer's word for it. <laughs> That's fair. And yeah, so all the kids around Bart start pinching him for not wearing green. Lisa points out Bart's legs are not being pinched, so she she you know it's funny after what was it last episode uh my sister my sitter i feel like lisa's just getting barred back for the crappy babysitting experience maybe (laughs) maybe (laughs) i don't know if you guys ever thought about that patrick's day i know i know no no i I get it but i know (laughs) i know bill there's no continuity in the simpsons but sometimes we like to take liberties with how the story goes oh yeah sometimes there is continuity well, there, yes, but but last episode was when Bart totally screwed Lisa over during babysitting, yeah, yeah. and so this episode she's like, "Hey, pinch Bart's legs, get him back." <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yep. Um, and then, and then that's it. That's that's our school scene. Uh, we cut to uh, the the bar. You know, nine a.m. Who doesn't like drinking at nine a.m.? <laughs> uh, Homer and the barflies are hanging out in front of Moe's, and. Uh, Homer says it's been St. Patrick's Day for hours and he isn't drunk yet. Because <laughs> you have to be drunk on St. Patrick's Day. And then I will say there was one St. Patrick's Day where when I used to work mornings, I'd get done at 7 a.m. I went home, had a single <laughs> Guinness, and passed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love St. Patrick's Day. I've been to Boston several times just for St. Patrick's Day. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that's and so obviously we'll get to the parade. Did you guys think about like like average St. Patrick's Day parades like Chicago and Boston, or was it just kind of because I know there's a lot of Irish themes? So are you kind of thinking this is what happens in Boston on St. Patrick's Day? Well, this whole thing was a vehicle to figure out a way to get Bart drunk, you know, and that okay. was like that was the reason, and I think it because we hadn't we worked backwards from that point okay. because we wanted Bart to get drunk and that to be the trigger for this thing and we worked backwards from that point thinking oh we haven't done a St. Patrick's Day episode so that would be seems like fun and and we just kind of went nuts with the St. Patrick's Day jokes as did John Swartzwelder <laughs> who wrote the script and uh then I recall well we will get to it in a second but it was like it you know it, the jokes write themselves pretty much yeah. for this type yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Schwarzwelder did a magnificent job channeling the jokes, but like, honestly, we had never done St. Patrick's day before. And like, there's a lot of pent up <laughs> jokes yeah. in, that, in that concept. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Homer, you know, starts to walk away saying it'll never be nine o'clock when Mo, uh, it'll never be nine o'clock. Cause apparently that's when Mo's bar opens 9am. Um, well, maybe just for St. Patrick's day. Maybe. Yes. Uh, as we learn, Mo does a lot of other things during during his life. Yeah. Uh, but when Mo walks up to the bar, he's carrying a jar that says "Green Dye Poison," because <laughs> that's that's exactly what they throw in the river in Chicago to to turn yep. it green. I'm guessing it cannot be uh, <laughs> very safe, but uh, no. they definitely do it. Yeah. And you know, Homer tells Mo that the group uh, would like to drink, please. And Lanny explains that they kicked down the back door, but there was another door a metal door i remember this one that was george who pitched that i'm sure <laughs> and it was it was it, it got a huge because it's so believable yeah it's so well, and also lenny's out. sincerity yeah. <laughs> lenny the lenny's sincerity 
when he says that, and also like the fact that he doesn't even seem to think for a second that he's going to get in trouble or Mo's going to get mad, it is the joke. And it's so yeah. it's, his, his innocence, as he says that, is what makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, and Mo's uh, like, yeah, all right, listen up. This is the busiest drinking day of the year. Where are the designated drivers? And then, you know, a few guys raised their hand and was like, beat it. I got no room for cheapskates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because all they're going to drink is water or soda. <laughs> yep. Hey, look, 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 look. If Mo is smart, he could charge for I know water's normally free at bars. <laughs> he could charge for water at this point for the designated drivers and make a little I feel money. Like that's, I, and I also feel like that would be a Mo thing to do, to charge for water. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so we get uh, we get Kent Brockman. Top of the morning to ye on this gray, drizzly afternoon. And I read that. I'm like, you know what? That is Boston. I've been to so many St. Patrick's Day (laughs) parades in Boston. That is. I imagine it's Chicago's like that, too, I imagine. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, especially in March, yeah. um, I know John Oliver. I mean, obviously not right now when we're recording this. There's no late night shows going on because of the writers and actors strike. Uh, But John Oliver and Jimmy Kimmel and I think a few of the other late night shows, they always show like local news for St. Patrick's Day and how they like talk. And it's always like, oh, Old Mally or what, you know, yes, the yes. Irish thing. And yes. like, and I work in news and I've never like, and I think it's only morning shows because night, night side shows are more serious. So they don't <laughs> get away with it as much unless it's like a final weather check. And so like, I've seen it a little bit working in local news, but like, yeah, it's kind of kind of cringeworthy when they when they do it <laughs> just to be you know cute and funny for St. Yeah. Patrick's Day. Yeah, he's like Kent, o- Kent O. Brockman live See? on Main Street, <laughs> where everyone is a little bit Irish. Hey, except for of course for the gays and the Italians. <laughs> and so, obviously, that's from you know the long history of the uh, of them uh, of the. New York City parade, I believe, the St. Patrick's okay. Day parade in New York, where you know that kind of thing was a big deal. Okay, okay. Um, and so we see, uh, you know, the first float is two thousand years of Irish cops. Um, <laughs> I love that, and they're all telling the cops are all saying there's nothing to see here. Move yeah, along. Yep. And tell you people to leave the parade, which is just like, it's, just, it's you know, it's one of those things that cops say, especially Irish cops in old cartoons and stuff. Yeah. Yep. And uh, one, one nice touch I love, Marge's hair is dyed green and she's wearing a yep. green dress. I mean, that was... Oh, I think she normally... That. She, yeah. Oh, she always yeah. wears a green dress. Well, she always... Yeah, she the always... Oh, dress, that's right. It? That's right. My fault. I was like, okay. I don't even I was like, that. I wrote that like, oh, she's dressed up for St. Patrick's Day. But no, her hair was dyed green, which I thought was... Yes. ...was fantastic. That was a great touch. Yeah. Um, And so Bart asked to buy one of those really annoying horns. I mean, you see yeah. it more now at like uh, soccer Vuvuzela's. games and everything. That was the thing. They That was not... People didn't... It was only... What was the World Cup? Like 2000... The Vuvuzela? Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. That's what uh, they call them now. And yep. I do love, I do love Marge's like, parades just bring out so many emotions in me. Yeah. Joy, <laughs> looking. excitement, looking. <laughs> well, that's all, I mean, that's all parades are, looking. Yep. yep. Yeah. And, you know, Marge tells Bart no, because he just throws him out of the car on the ride home. <laughs> uh, and it's like, oh, I won't do it. I won't get bored of it this time. And then runs off, because clearly yeah. he just has the money to go buy it anyway. Um 
and this whole thing, that whole horn thing was just a mechanism to get the beer into his mouth. Like, (laughs) I remember debating this at the time and we were like, I was, I think I was one to just have Bart drink a beer. I was like, we don't need all this complicated (laughs) stuff to get the beer into his mouth. (laughs) But I think that it was, the discussion was he should get drunk involuntarily. Yeah. rather than rather than drinking on his own and yeah. so and, and i believe the other parties obviously the other parties went out over my objections so we crammed <laughs> in this whole thing about the horn no i mean it it makes sense i mean not that i mean underage drinking in wisconsin's normal but yes <laughs> yes it is um everywhere else it seems to be frowned upon um and i i'm trying to remember if bart has had beer in the past with homer like i I can't i think maybe he did or he went he certainly has gone to moe's a number of times yes whether he drank beer or whatever i couldn't i can't remember and i can't remember now yeah because like just watching him like oh bart getting drunk is not is not normal but i feel like he's had the taste of of beer before yeah i mean Uh, bill i do see where you're coming from because i do i do feel like saint patrick's day Bart would definitely probably try beer on his own. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I see where so you're coming too. from. It's I, a little I think funnier it, I, this way. I think it is a little bit funnier this yeah. way. And it's, it's, it, it's just a little bit more of a twist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get another float, the pot o gold float. Um, and so Bart has got his horn and uses it to trash talk people walking <laughs> through the crowd. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> so Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And so uh now we see uh the parade goers start climbing the Channel 6 broadcasting booth which <laughs> I you know I don't think I've ever seen I'm sure it is a thing. I've never seen it personally where they like they've had like the tall booths. Uh one of the local People... stations here in Green Bay for the 4th of July, they always go live for their shows, but they're booth isn't like high up on this high rise thing it's always like down below so i don't i don't know if anybody on the writing team or animating team has seen that i think this is i think this is from the rose parade i think they do have that okay yeah that makes sense and uh, i do love i do love the fact that the parade goers because you see this all the time with like live shots everywhere where like people get in front of the camera like go behind the reporter and try to like be yeah, silly yeah. and get the, and that was great. Cause I've seen that so many times. Um, but the parade goers do start fighting next to Kent cause they're <laughs> all drunk. Um, and, uh, Kent says, uh, he's telling the people at home, what they are seeing is a total disregard of what St. Patrick's day stands for. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, man. I've seen enough drunk people at a St. Patrick's day. I've, I don't honestly, I don't think I've ever seen a fight break out, but, uh, it's definitely busy and definitely packed. Yes. Yeah. And that's where he says that thing about the all this drunkenness and violence. This is these are the things we think of when we think of the Irish. <laughs> Which, you know, the funny thing is that it's it's, a, it's such a joke because yes, to, everybody knows yes, that's what you think of when you think of the Irish or at least yes. when you think of the old stereotypes of the Irish. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the joke. Because of course we all think of those things and that's yes. and then it gets even more pronounced as time goes on. Yeah. So uh yeah, he's like drinking violence and destruction of property. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh and so now the next float we see is the drunken Irish novelist of Springfield float. And uh people start to throw booze at them and this yeah, causes and the novelist. Uh, James to start Joyce fighting. is on there. I don't remember who the other oh, novelists okay. are, but they're all designed after real Irish novelists. Okay. James Joyce is the one in the front okay. who who jumps off first with the glasses, <laughs> I believe. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. And uh, so then we see uh, the John Bull's fish, yes. fish and chips this, explode everywhere. In, in This was one of the few times we had to run in with the censor about this type of stuff. Oh. And then we agreed with the censor. In in the in Schwarzwelder's original script, it was Herod's. It was the Springfield Herod's because okay, okay people who don't know what I'm talking about, Herod's <laughs> yes. is a famous old department store in London. Okay, it's one okay. of the most famous landmarks in London. During all this Irish, uh, you know, the Northern Irish, I guess it was called the Troubles or whatever back in the 70s. One of the things that the Irish, I think it was Irish Republican Army, maybe I'm not an expert in this, blew up Herod's. They had or they put oh. a bomb in Herod's in London. Um, as you know, as part of the protests, and so um, the Fox censor was like, "We can't do this. It's too, it's too offensive." And I think we finally agreed. Okay, we finally agreed the censor was right, which we almost never did. Oh, and oh. and uh, so we changed it to John Bull's Fish and Chips. Also, okay. because as we can, as you know, people might not know what Harrods was. That was the other thing we were like, people people will know what John Bull's Fish and Chips is because it has a big British flag on it. Yeah, you know. Oh, okay. um, so anyway, that's why that that's why that's that oh, instead okay. of Harrods. Okay. Uh, yeah, the original thing I was thinking, I don't know if it would necessarily fly today, especially with like the Boston Marathon thing. Oh yeah, oh, no, was, you couldn't yeah. have this bombing. And you couldn't have any kind of stuff like that today. No. Yeah. Um so now we see, you know, cut back to Bart walking through the crowd using his horn, and it's like it's up in the air. And uh Lenny points out that they're spraying beer in the crowd. He's like, <laughs> free beer. I mean, who doesn't want free beer? I don't know if I'd want this beer, but <laughs> spray it in your face, right, with a fire hose. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of, well, that, that, it was all as you as I said, it was all a mechanism yeah. to get that Bart into beer yeah. into Bart's mouth. Yeah, and so uh Krusty, you know, tells everyone to open their mouths and in the back, I don't I don't know what the joke is, but the store behind them is the twelve day dry cleaners. That's been there for decades. That whole thing oh. twelve day dry cleaners has been there since like day one. It's been okay. there since season one. It's just a standard Springfield funny store okay. in the background. Okay. Um uh, so now we see the beer is sprayed, and uh, it's all sprayed in the air and uh, straight into Bart's horn, into his mouth, into his gullet, and now Bart is really, really <laughs> drunk. Like he just he just goes completely from sober to drunk. Um, and uh, Apu has a you know a bullhorn or you know one of those horns. Uh, it's called a bullhorn, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and he tells every he's like everybody get naked, and Kurt's like screw it, and he just like rips off his shirt. I know it's <laughs> it's so Kirk. Kirk is the only yeah. one who wants to do that, and it's yeah. um, he's fulfilling his just, bachelor life. Says a lot yeah. about him. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then we see an older woman. I believe this is the church organist. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. <laughs> um, she goes, hold on, everybody, stop. <laughs> There's a drunk boy in the parade, and you know all this does stop. And they kind of seem concerned, but Millhouse and a couple of them are just like, "Hey, Bart, hey, Bart, yay!" Right? No, they're. All, I love that shot of him staggering past those yeah. kids, and they're all going, they're all cheering for him. Oh yeah, that is great. And uh, so you know, now we're back at Moe's, and everybody's having a jolly good time because it's St. Patrick's Day, and I do like there is a a sign behind Homer, in the bar that says. Help wanted. No Irish need apply. <laughs> yeah, that's I got to let me make sure that everybody who's under 50 may not know that the Irish were, were kind of like a they were kind of a very highly denigrated minority in like the 1800s in America. Yeah. And that's where all this stuff came from. There are signs, you know, you often see those reproductions of old signs like that yes. say um, no hippies need apply or well, whatever. Yeah. But there were, you know, in the 18. 
seventies, those signs were commonplace. Uh-huh. Uh, and they both the Irish and the Italians were like made fun of. And that's where a lot of these stereotypes come from yeah. that we have today um, about, you know, <laughs> drunken Irish cops and things like that come from, you know, the late 1800s in America where this kind of stuff did occur. And uh-huh. the Irish have obviously overcome that to, you know, yes. taken over large ports, portions of America and Chicago <laughs> and things like that. So it's, it's, it's a little funnier than it would be for some other group. Yeah. Um, and then we see uh, Homer is wearing a barrel over his head. And he's like, look at me. I'm the prime minister of Ireland. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. And so uh, Mo, Mo points out uh, Bart's on the TV. And uh, so Homer, like, swivels the barrel around so, like, he can, like, use one of his eyes through the cork hole. And we bung see it. A... That's called the bunghole, by the way. The bunghole. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make yes. sure you knew that. Okay. That is, <laughs> the bunghole. Yes, that's an old beer. No, no, no. I swear to God, because, like, like we said at the top, I used to brew beer quite quite often and when i read like the instructions and everything to put the stopper in the bunghole i had a slight <laughs> little giggle when i was like oh cool uh <laughs> and so we get a graphic on the tv it says drunken boy and it's alive because it's live yeah and so you know bart goes up to the camera and asks you know what are you looking at and then you know marge pu- pulls him away and kent comes on the news like what are you looking at the innocent words of a drunken child. Well, I'll tell you what we're looking at, young man. A town gone mad. A town whose very coincidence was washed away in a tide of beer and green vomit. <laughs> I like uh, how they get all serious. Like, <laughs> like all right. <laughs> like, the whole town. Like, it's funny like how it goes from everyone's drunk to the whole town is like, oh, man, <laughs> we're, we're pretty bad. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, Bart... uh, it's at the, it's because there's a certain number of moral crusaders who are forcing it yes. down everyone's throat. This is yep. very much the way that things operate in America, <laughs> that <laughs> there's one small incident like that. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, on, you know, there's some giant moral crusade to mm-hmm. ban, I don't know what, any, anything that was in an incident a few weeks earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And, you know, Bart gets off the couch. is like, I'm going down to Mo's for a couple of beers. And I was like, I'll come with you. Where's like, no, no more drinking. I'm tired of looking like the world's worst mother. Where's like, oh, honey, you're not the world's worst mother. What about that freezer lady in Georgia? That made me laugh. That was one of the few lines from this show I had forgotten. And oh. I it made me laugh and laugh when I heard that. Because it's, you know, he doesn't say what the freezer lady did, but you can imagine what the mm-hmm. freezer lady probably did. And it's also the fact that she was in Georgia is just so typical of that type of thing. And, and, and like, yeah, no, that's it. It's, I really like that one. Well, it's funny. I was just in Georgia and I was like, I was trying to think, I'm like, is this like a voodoo thing? Like, is it a, cause they, there's some really cool like seance and, and like supernatural stuff in Georgia, which is kind of cool. Like I went down to the Savannah area yeah, yeah, and a lot, of, a lot of that's kind of like New Orleans with their yeah, I like that area. stuff. So I was, I was kind of thinking, I'm like Freezer Lady. Did they? Uh, is that is that like one of those tales? You of... don't want to get into it. You don't want to get into it because it gets dark fast. Yeah, so it's best. It's best not to think about it. But it's funny that Homer's trying to console her by bringing that up. <laughs> uh, so Ken continues his broadcast and asks, "What are they going to do?" And they suggest prohibition because that that always works. Yeah. <laughs> Worked worked in the fifth. No, what was it? When was Prohibition? Twenties. It was in the twenties. It was most of the nineteen twenties. 
Yeah. Yep. And Homer's like, prohibition. They tried that in the movies and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was more of what, what movie was that? Not the untouchables. What? Hundreds the, of movies have dealt with prohibition, yes. but you're probably untouchables is what this whole thing is parodying. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, and Homer, Homer predicts that this is the last day they'll be hearing about prohibition. Cut to Maude and Helen protesting for prohibition. Because the yeah, two, two crazy, you know, we got the churchgoer, well, the two churchgoers, <laughs> but, but you got uh, two high ladies, you know, what do you, what the, think of the children, especially Bart. <laughs> like, I'm actually surprised of all the episodes where we've heard some, can somebody think of the children? I'm actually surprised Helen did not say that this episode. Yeah, she, she does. does say it. Oh, does she? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> This is either wow. this is wasn't it the first time she said second the first one was the this bear the, patrol yeah this one is the and this one is the time. second one okay yeah no yeah. that's her we were trying to make that her her her, her catchphrase and it, I mean it only appeared twice in those seasons <laughs> but it, people it's taken on a life of its own because it's so, yeah. I mean we took that from real life because that's that's uh, a real thing and women yeah. I don't know if it's women people <laughs> concerned parents are always saying that shit and saying yeah, like yeah. you know we should ban this because so, children w- w- that's not for children anyway you know the alcohol yeah. was not supposed to be for children anyway but let's ban yeah. it you know that kind of thing yeah. always happens well I remember like video games like I grew up in the yes. 90s and yes. video games mm-hmm. was like the big one Totally. Yeah. Oh. And it, it, that's like, you know, yeah, we have a lot of rules on the books already because people were like, think of the children. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we get some signs. Like I love, I love our, I love all the signs that show up in the <laughs> Simpsons. We get prohibition. Now draft men, not beer like that <laughs> yeah. one and say no to drunks. <laughs> well like i said I, I grew up with the whole dare program so yeah <laughs> that was that that was fantastic uh and we get an old guy that interrupts and says there's been a law about prohibition on the books for not 200 years you know and quimby and wiggum you know grumble ah get out of here and the yeah. old cooler guy is like there's also a law requiring ducks to wear pants Long now pants. that has to come on that was a real that was a real one right right someone did some some writer did some research on wacky laws in the united no, states no i don't think up. so it just sounds like one of those laws it's yeah, it designed to sound like one of those wacky laws but it's it, yeah it, it, i don't think it was real at least at yeah. the time it wasn't real yeah no i i remember i got i can't remember i bet it was it had to have been conan like they where he did a bit about like wacky laws throughout the country that were you know written there's there have been some good ones, but this one yeah, I, sure. I'd like to see some ducks and some long pants. That'd be great. But you know, Quimby asked to see the paper, and and then he looks at he's like, well, I'll be darned, long pants. <laughs> <laughs> and Maud's like, no, read the the, the non duck one. Because <laughs> well, there wasn't wasn't there. It was during the monorail episode where they go to the the town and read the laws as well. Yeah, because they're. Because they were talking about who's in charge when the co- you know the constable's in charge of whatnot. Yes, I'm actually so, kind of surprised we didn't get another funny one that episode. <laughs> episode two, um, but it's not the first time they've read the uh, the the laws of Springfield nope. in an episode. Oh no, that's a common trope for us. Yeah, yep. Um, and then Quimby reads the law saying, you know, booze is prohibited under penalty of catapult. Ooh, it's a tough one. <laughs> And uh, we get a headline, alcohol prohibited in Springfield. Subheadline, Burns threatened to leave town. 
Bums. Bums. Burns. Oh, bums. bums. I read that wrong. I don't know why, why I read that wrong. It, I mean, I guess it kind of like the M, R, and N together. No, sorry. Bums threatened to leave town. Yeah, because now they can't drink anymore. Yeah. I'd, it'd be sad to see Barney leave town. Yeah. I don't think I don't know. He works. Does he? What's his current occupation? <laughs> Is he still diaper baby throwing around leaflets? That's funny. <laughs> um, and then you know Homer lies on the floor with the with the newspaper. Um, you know, obviously he's bent out of shape about the whole thing. He's passed out. He fainted from shock. Yeah, yeah. as oh. did everyone in this sequence. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Mo and Barney also lie on the floor. Mo's uh, with the paper in hand and beer spilling everywhere. Yeah. And Hibbert is laughing at something in the paper, and his wife fainted at the Prohibition <laughs> headline. Because she's a wino. Yeah, that she, apparently uh, yes. became a thing in subsequent years that she was a heavy drinker. But we just used it for that joke because she's she was one of the few Springfield characters who didn't people didn't really know that much about. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Doctor Hibbert. We we had a conversation about this last episode about like the family dynamic, and we remembered. So obviously Hibbert and the wife, and it was probably two, two or three kids, the young little daughter, and then the older, and we really didn't know much about Hibbert's, you know, family history. Cause when Lisa went to go babysit for them, we we're like, well, doesn't, I thought Hibbert had an older child that could probably yeah, walk we don't, the younger. I, we don't know much about them. Uh, at least at the time we didn't, I know that we were, it was kind of a parody of the Cosby show. Yep. family at least in yeah. a couple of the shots but i don't know that there was any consistency to the members of his family sure at least back then yeah um so we get a head another headline city goes dry sub sub headline bums extend deadline <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on hold on we'll wait yeah. <laughs> we'll wait it out uh and then now we see duff dumping all their beer into the springfield dump yep all their barrels of beer yeah what a waste and you have people cheer, and uh, I, I I assume he was the president of Duff, but I think he's the president of the bottling factory for Duff, or maybe he's the president. Some guy. Yeah, that I think he's Duff. the president of Duff. He's the president okay. of Duff. <laughs> okay. Is Duff is Duff not a nationwide beverage? Well, uh, that's a good question, but you know, it's, <laughs> I, I think it probably is. I think it probably is, yeah. but it, for the purposes of this, it isn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Perfect. All yeah. right. For the purposes yeah. of this episode, Duff is just a local brewery. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so the president isn't worried um, about losing customers because the customers like the robust taste and predicts their alcohol-free Duff will sell better than the previous <laughs> brand. Um, and then they launch the new brand and it doesn't go well because the very next shot is Duff Brewery going out of business. Oh, because nobody I... likes non-alcoholic beverages. No. Uh, I love um, that this this shot has also been very memed quite a bit. Anytime yeah, a business you see goes this often, <laughs> yep, it's one of one of the funny ones. Yep, uh, unfortunately uh, there isn't that much accountability. You know, re in real life, this guy would still be there with some giant stock option thing. Like, oh yeah, he wouldn't be he wouldn't have been fired in thirty seconds yeah. like he should have been. <laughs> yeah, and it just, you know there isn't this much corporate accountability in in, in America anymore. No, so now we see a banner, uh, Springfield, clean and sober for. A Three quarters of a day, point seven <laughs> point point seven five days or three quarters. Um, yeah. So eighteen hours. Yeah. 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 Exactly. They're, they're, or, they made it. Sixteen hours. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Twenty hours. There we go. Something like that. Um, Homer walks down the street whistling, and he walks into Moe's pet shop because obviously <laughs> Mo can't have a bar anymore. 
but he can't have a pet shop. Um, and uh, we see uh, Fat Tony paying off Lou and Eddie because uh, they're you know smug. They're they're the mob is now a smuggling beer. Um, and uh, so Moe's pet shop, you know, seems to be. Uh, oh, I'm so, um, just to because there is a narrator part here. I want to make sure it gets in. Uh, there is a narrator, um, and he goes Dateline Springfield. With prohibition back in force, sobriety's peaceful slumber was shattered by its noisy neighbor, the speakeasy. <laughs> um, and so, you know, this is where Homer goes in, and he goes, glad you're finally back in business, Mo. Yeah, that was a scary couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's important to state here that what's going on, this is a parody of the Untouchables TV yeah. show. And, okay. Okay, the Untouchables... Let's take a step back here for everybody who is a Guinea. Okay. Prohibition sure. occurred in America between about 1920 and 1933. During that time, alcohol, it was illegal to sell alcohol. Yep. However, lots of people were getting around it. By uh, Gangsters were sm- – Al Capone came from this yep. era. Uh, they were selling things. They were selling illegal liquor. They were importing it from Canada and selling it. People were also making alcohol at home. And a lot of times there were bars, underground bars called speakeasies, also mm-hmm. called blind tigers and stuff, which we refer to in this episode – where you could go and, yep. and buy and buy liquor illegally. Okay. Now, that said, there was also a TV show called The Untouchables, which I also think was a radio show in the 60s um, that was about this era. It, it was a, a show that took place in the 30s. And Elliot Ness, who was, I believe, a real person, um, yep. was, is the main opponent of Al Capone. And, and it was, took place in Chicago, I think. And it had a narrator who sounded like this. Okay, and it had uh, which I believe was supposed to be the nineteen one of the famous nineteen twenties radio uh, guys, but Elliot uh, the the Untouchables was always about Elliot Ness fighting the liquor illegal gangsters liquor trade (laughs) in Chicago, I think. And there's also a movie, very famous movie made um, with uh, Martin, uh, what's Robert De Niro and Kevin Costner in the nineties. It's the same story. It's the same group of people. So what this is is a parody of that. And and Rex Banner's a parody of Elliot Ness. The gangsters are the gangsters. (laughs) And the narrator is the narrator. And, you know, Swartzwelder, obviously being a fan of this type of stuff, got to go nuts uh, in in, in writing this thing. It definitely shows. Um, Yeah. Uh, And the narrator is like, the suppliers of the illegal booze? Gangsters running truckloads of smuggled hooch all the way from Shellyville, and John Law was helpless. Now, since Springfield was dry, now obviously Springfield and Shelbyville have their their differences. Why not just cross into Shelbyville to get drunk? You know, you can't ask questions like that about the Simpsons universe. It's very much know, like asking the question about whether Duff is a national brand. It's, you know, that never occurred to me till now to ask that question, and it's probably a good one. But you know, you, there's certain things you can't. Let me put it this way. When you start questioning the fundamental underpinnings of the Simpsons universe, you get Frank Grimes. Frank Grimes was the only person to ever really question the underpinnings of the Simpsons universe. And And that's why the universe paid universe killed him because it doesn't allow that. Oh, perfect. Uh, I think I, I think I got a new, our our new tagline for our podcast, the Simpsons in the podcast, the Frank Grimes of Simpsons podcasting. (laughs) Oh Oh, God. So yeah. So fat Tony pays off the cops because you know look the other way and so you know most pet shop going great everybody's having a good time until the killjoys show up i mean helen and maude um <laughs> why are and, they even uh, walking into this pet shop is the question i have loud, loud noises they hear loud <laughs> oh. joyful music and they have to be buzz kills they're killjoys uh, yeah yeah and so we do see wiggum in his police form caught dancing with princess cashmere 
And so he's like, uh-oh, I got to turn on the old charm. And he kind of walks up to Helen Lovejoy, and she just screams at the top of her yeah. lungs. Perfect. <laughs> um, why she would yell that, I'm not a hundred percent sure. But uh, I mean, obviously, Wiggum's. I, 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 you got to attribute it to the fact that he's making that face and those noises. Yeah. When you watch the when you watch his face carefully and you hear the noises he's making, mm-hmm. they do sound kind of perverted. <laughs> so she wasn't yeah. entirely unjustified in her yeah. remark. Uh, and so Helen and the, the, the Debbie Downers, as I like to call them, uh, go to Quimby to demand he bring in a police chief who will enforce the prohibition law. And Quimby's like, I run this town. You're just a bunch of, or, uh, so they go to Quimby and Quimby asks Helen who she is to demand anything. And Quimby's like, I run this town. You're just a bunch of low income nobodies. And Quimby <laughs> says like, quietly, uh, election in November, election in November. You may hear Quimby, what, again? This stupid country. To be perfectly honest, I'm kind of with Quimby on this. We have way too many election years. It's very much. This is a replay, obviously, of the scene from the Bear Patrol. Uh, you know, yeah, thing, where yep. it's like they come into his office demanding stuff, <laughs> and he no, he then they're a bunch of schnooks, and who and yeah. he has to he has to cater to them. Yeah, because it's an election. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so we get the narrator again. He's like, with the room running, hoodlums in the catbird seat. Springfield sent for the one man who can clean up the town and shoot the gangsters, Rex Banner. <laughs> and uh, so we see Rex Banner walking out of some uh, building, and he's got a couple telegrams. The first one is, Mr. Ba- uh, Mr. Banner, Springfield needs you, Mayor Quimby, Springfield. And the next one is from, uh, the next one is, Rexy, Daisy had puppies, love mom. And I love how Rex just nods his head at both i'm assuming that's <laughs> the uh, same shot i think you both times yeah, yeah not only that but is that how like the guy he is portrayed to be was i'm assuming oh, that's yeah, how very he was seri- it was robert stack i believe played that role in the okay. untouchables and you know how serious he is if you've seen um unsolved mysteries or this other shit yeah yep um and so uh so now we see the Springfield cops at uh, the police department. They're watching Krusty the Clown because, you know, why not? I know. That's funny. <laughs> that made me laugh, too. They're, really, they're just sitting, kicking back and, and watching a, Krusty. And yeah. I think it was just Krusty and then a shot of Mel Side getting hit Mel in the face of the pie. pie. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> uh, and so then we see, you know, Rex bust through the door, takes the TV, throw it to the ground, kicks Wiggum out of his seat. And uh, Rex tells Wiggum that he is running the department. And he suspends Wiggum indefinitely. And he's like, I am taking control. And so now we like see the police guys lined up and Rex going one by one. Tuck in that shirt. Get those shoes shine. Take that badge out of your mouth. You're, you're police officers. <laughs> that uh, take your badge out of your mouth is such a Schwarzwelder <laughs> thing, joke. And it's so perfect because you also see that they had to make up a third cop to fit yeah, in there who we've yep. never seen before or since because their joke required yeah. three cops. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I should also uh, say that this is an important thing to say. Uh, the role of Rex Banner is played by Dave Thomas. Yep, now, okay. people that may not be as familiar with Dave Thomas, they're not the Wendy's Dave Thomas, as they should be. <laughs> but the, uh, it, I'd say in the 1970s and 80s, there was a sketch comedy show called SCTV, okay. which is probably the best sketch comedy show of all time. It's a Canadian show. It was on, it was, it beat SNL for, Emmys during that time. Oh, wow. it had stars. You know, it started uh, Eugene Levy and John Candy and Martin wow. Short and, wow. and a huge galaxy of everyone like that. And it was it was on basically 
at the same time or the night before SCTV, and it was amazing. And, I mean, sorry, the night before SNL, and it, it always eclipsed SNL. Now it hasn't since it doesn't rerun that much. People don't know that much about it. But Dave Thomas was the head writer and one of the guys, one of the main actors in that thing. And people might know him if you still know if you know Bob and Doug McKenzie, which is one of the few things from that show that has lived on. They're the Canadians, the Canadian stereotypes. He's one of oh, those guys. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Dave has since gone gone through a lot of stuff, and he gave Josh and I. Josh and me, one of our big breaks when we first moved to LA. And so we wanted, we've been looking for the right role for him to have him on the show, uh, any number of times. And this seemed like something funny that he could do. And I think he did a great job with it. So anyway, <laughs> when you hear this, yeah. <laughs> you know, Dave Thomas, you should, you should watch, by the way, everybody should watch old episodes of SCTV, but you can't find them anywhere. And that's why uh, people don't know what it is anymore. Are they on, did anyone, they're on YouTube? Uh, yeah. Some of them are on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. Everyone, everyone's put a lot of things on YouTube. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully. Yeah. So, uh, Wiggum stands up and, uh, Rex, Rex asks Wiggum what he's waiting for. Someone to kiss him goodbye. And Wiggum's just kind of looks, he's like, guess not. And walks out. <laughs> yeah. That reading is really funny. Hank's reading of, of, uh, of Wiggum's line there is, is really funny. Got a lot of subtlety to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Rex builds a wall on the road into Springfield to stop the bootleggers. It's a good, I mean, you might as well build a wall around the entire city, but roads good but enough. That's what the dome is for. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then the bootleggers, you know, run into the wall and every other car driving down the road <laughs> runs into the wall. Yeah. Um, and then we get Eddie and Lou uh, shoot beer in, uh, into beer barrels as Banner watches. And obviously this is you know, pretty much any, you know, cops and robbers, uh, yeah, type shootout. They always blow up the barrels, and that's a very uh, common thing from prohibition movies and stuff because yes. they were destroying the the liquor. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, we see Fat Tony there. You know, watching. I love how he's just there <laughs> watching the whole thing happen. He's like, "How do you know you don't like bribes if you've never taken one?" Here. And then Fat Tony hands Rex a stack of money <laughs> and, uh, you know, Banner bounces it on his hand. He's like, say, this is nice. And then he comes to his senses and throws the money back at yeah. Fat Tony. He's like, no, no bribes. It's like, okay, you win. From now on, we'll stick to smuggling heroin. <laughs> and he's like, see, see that you do. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I, I have to say, I love Joe Montagna for Fat Tony. Oh, he's so good at it. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny. Every time I watch Criminal Minds and hear them, all I mean, seriously, all I can th- think of is Fat Tony every single time. Like, I mean, so I guess uh, Joe Montana was pretty, was he pretty easy to get a hold of for a lot of this stuff? Or was it? He was, yes. The thing is, he really likes doing, He I think he takes a great deal of pride in Fat Tony. Okay. So when any, whenever Fat Tony appeared, we, he was, he would make time to do it. You know, God bless him for doing that. He wasn't like hard to track down or whatever. He he loved the role, and and you see, he's I've heard him do interviews about it in the past and whatever. And like he, you know, it's kind of like Sideshow Bob with Kelsey Grammer. Like they really like to do it. They'll make time to do it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think there was one episode where it was Phil Hartman that did. No, I think it was Hank. Oh, was it Hank? I think it was Hank. Was it? He might have been out of the country or something. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think it was Hank Azaria that did Fat Tony that one time. Yeah. Um, and so we get another headline, Banner Bars Booze. Subheadline, Booze Barred by Banner. <laughs> oh, love the inspiration. <laughs> that was great. Uh, and so Homer thought at first Prohibition was a good thing, 
because people were drinking more and having a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, because you were sneaking around doing it. Exactly. Right, right. When you can't do something, that's when it's better. Yes. Um, why do you think young kids like to drink? Because they know they're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Wiggum walks by the kitchen window as Homer finishes his thought by saying, without beer, prohibition doesn't work. Maybe. You know, Wiggum asks uh, Marge and Homer if he can arrest either of them for anything. <laughs> but, I mean, is he just trying to have something to do? Yeah, or... yeah he, he's trying to do his job so he doesn't get fired and go homeless. But I thought he was I suspended. think he has been fired already. I oh, think yeah, that's admit, what I thought. He, he feels like he's lost his mission in life. Yeah. I guess he figures if he can arrest someone for something, Rex might be like, hey, it might not be alcohol related, but I did something of my job. I think you're yeah. overthinking it. He just wants <laughs> to arrest people because that's what he does. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and Homer, Homer says no. And Wiggum tells him that he has nothing to do anymore. And he's like, with Banner in town, alcohol and crime are history. And so am I. Yeah. Poor yeah. Wiggum. Poor Wiggum. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny to hear him say that, but it is. It's like, that's one of my favorite lines in the episode. He says, poor Wiggum. It just refers to him. Like that is very amusing. You know, and Homer tells Wiggum not to say that because alcohol is a way of life. Alcohol is my way of life, and I aims to keep it. <laughs> I just love the the old timey like aims yeah. to keep. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I love those little like nods throughout the yeah. episode. And Wiggum says, "You sound like you have a plan. Maybe I do, Chief. Maybe <laughs> I do." And you know, we dissolve to Homer sitting on the couch asking Bart. Who's standing on his head to come up with the plan? <laughs> Clearly, Homer did not have a plan. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, Bart's trying to think. Yeah, that's how he yeah. gets more blood into his brain. That's right. seriously what that joke is. Oh, oh really? Yes, okay. that's why he's standing <laughs> on his head. <laughs> he says, "I'm trying, Dad." That's how he's coming to things. Uh, All right. Okay. I thought he was a ten-year-old standing on his head, but no, yeah, there's least, more depth least, to it than that. At least his head is flat. He doesn't have to yes. worry about falling over. Yeah. Um. And, uh, you know, Kent, you know, reports uh, from the front of the duff bottling plant and we see Barney standing in the shadow of the background, <laughs> uh, putting down uh, roses or yeah. flowers, um, <laughs> which is a reference to people leaving flowers at the grave sites of various Hollywood figures yeah. um, like Valentino and Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. So yes. don't cry for me. I'm already dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, Homer, Homer figures out his plan and Homer's like, we're going out, Marge. If we don't come back. Avenger deaths. And Marge's <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> uh, and Homer and Bart, you know, go dig out the barrels of duff that were uh, dumped in the landfill. You know, and Bart says they should load it up before the rats regroup. Nah. <laughs> um, and Homer tells Bart not to mention what they're doing to anyone. Not Marge, not Rex Banner, not anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk to the cops, boy. <laughs> uh, and Homer and Bart, you know, drive home and, you know, Homer calls Banner a dope, you know, for, you know, thinking he can stop alcohol. The, the alcohol in this town, you know, and Bart points out that Banner is aiming a gun at them. You know, and then Banner shoots at him. It's like it's like a one of those getaway getaway uh yeah. driving yeah, scenes. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Um and so, you know, Homer 
he's got to evade banners, so he drives through a cemetery. <laughs> um, or he drives through, the, probably, I'm assuming, the Springfield Cemetery. And, uh, you know, as Homer's driving, he's knocking down gravestones. And Bart's like, Dad, that's bad luck. And Homer's like, I heard it was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's bad luck to uh, knock over a headstone. Or drive uh, through a cemetery. Yeah, well, well, you could drive through a cemetery without knocking over a gravestone. Okay. But fair uh, enough. <laughs> and so, you know, Homer, you know, he's able to evade Banner and make it home. And, you know, obviously the front of his car is all busted up and Marge comes outside <laughs> and she's like, what happened to you, Homer? And what have you done to the car? Homer's like, nothing. I don't think it had broken axles before. <laughs> before. Before. You're living in the past, Marge. Quit living in the past. Now, that is such a Schwarzwelder line. It's like, and this thing, I will tell you about this thing. Well, first of all, I say that line at least once a week. Before, before you live in the past. Quit living in the past. Anytime somebody ends a, a, a sentence with before, you can say that generally. And it's such a, like, the thing about this is, I, I should say, sometimes scripts are heavily rewritten. And it's like a two-week yeah. slog of, like, all of late nights where you got to change every freaking line. This one was like a one day, maybe a one half day, nice. right? Because Schwarzwelder delivered a script that was like, this was the script. He wanted the scripts that he was born to write, you know, it's <laughs> loaded with old timey stuff. It doesn't have a lot of logic to it. It doesn't have a lot of emotion, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, it's a, a repository of all these crazy, silly jokes. And this, I think may uh, possibly of all the episodes we produced, this one has the most crazy, silly jokes yeah, uh, well, and, and it doesn't really have that much logic to it either. Like the, bo <laughs> the bowling ball thing and stuff is like, yeah. it, it's hard to believe bowling balls aren't hollow anyway. Like it's just like, yeah, there's no. so much crazy <laughs> stuff in this episode anyway. Yeah. And even, and yeah, and the behaviors of, of Marge acts kind yeah. of like she has brain damaged a lot of times in this episode. <laughs> it's Okay. So anyway, without further ado, keep going. Uh, and so, uh, Homer has now put up a do not enter sign on the basement door. And in five like, different languages. It's like, all in five different yeah. languages, too. Yeah. Uh, that's that's, 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 Hello, Homer's like, hmm, I've never been stopped from going to the basement before. Yeah, Marge says, I used to be able to go down there. I know this is another example of her being brain damaged. It's yeah. like, yeah, she was like, in a, in a more realistic episode, she would this would not oh, fly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so uh, Homer and Bart walk out of the basement carrying multiple bowling balls. And uh, Homer's like, going bowling, not back, avenged us. And Homer's like, why do you have so many bowling boys, bowling balls? And Homer's like, um, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Marge. So long! <laughs> Which is, honestly, that's great. Yeah. I, I don't want to lie to you. Someone's going to leave. <laughs> yeah, yep. it, it works well. <laughs> oh, God. And so uh, Marge is like, does her annoy the grind? And so uh, now, now Homer, you know, throws a gutter ball on purpose, and Bart's like, uh, sarcastically tells Homer, "Oh, geez, Dad, another gutter ball. You sure do <laughs> suck tonight. Suck like a fox." <laughs> now I use a variation of this line. Um, I I don't remember where I heard it from, but it's like, uh, um, "Crazy like a fox." Yeah, that's the real expression that he's parodying yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, now we see the bowling ball travel, you know, he throws in the gutter, goes into some uh, underground tubes, makes its way to Moe's. Like, obviously, I don't know where Barney's Polarama is, but I don't think it's anywhere. And as you said, Bill, it's like, no, no, this no. is all nonsensical. Look, this is beyond, it, this <laughs> yeah. doesn't make any you, sense you at all. Me... If you think about it for even a second, it would yeah. be so Here. much... 
It's the most complicated way to get the to get the yes. liquor to Mo's. You can imagine it probably cost a fortune, and there's a network of underground tubes that we never – that doesn't make any sense, but it's yes. it's funny to look at. It's hilarious. Wait, but do we know that Barney's Bolarama was moved from that mountaintop yes, back down to street level? Yeah, oh, we you do. see it on – yeah. You okay. see it on street level. Okay, I was about ready to say they could have dug the tunnels through the mountain when the Bolarama wound it up there during the hurricane. No, they moved it back. It, oh, okay. Ludicrous, but it's yes. it's fun. You don't, if you don't do think about it. it too hard. It still it's, it works. It's it's hilarious. Um, and so uh, Mo, you know, Mo fills up Barney's mug and charges them forty five dollars. <laughs> which honestly, you know, look, they got to make money somehow. And yeah, it's cost not a that lot of crazy money. by today's standards. Even though that's what was twenty years ago, that was yes. a more outrageous price for a beer. Now you probably would pay that for some sort of fancy Belgian beer, twenty two <laughs> yeah. ounce bottle of Belgian yeah. beer. You know. Well, I'm just saying, like, this is technically bootleg, so, and, and with all the money they spent for the underground, you know, tubes, <laughs> they got to make their money back. Yes, right. The tubes must have cost millions of dollars. That's the so, construction. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so Barney's like, what? This better be the best tasting beer in the world. And he takes a drink. It's like, and Barney's like, you got lucky. And he pays him out. And but so most sticks off. I love, I love yeah. how Barney's like, this better be the best tasting beer ever, but he's had it. Before. It's just Duff. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's missed it. That's the thing. He missed yes. it. Yeah. 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 Um, and so uh, Mo sticks the money back into the bowling ball and sends the ball back to Homer <laughs> somehow. No, uh, see, that's better. Okay. Look, you talk about it being hard that the ball got to the, that got to yes. Mo's. How did the ball get back to the bowling alleys? I'd rather see that tube. Yeah. Know, like, did he have like one of those pneumatic bank tubes to send the ball don't, back to the? Don't add those. Don't you're going to Frank Grimes yourself? Yes, too many questions. Uh, all of a sudden, Steve's camera goes dark. Yes, uh, electrocuted. Oh uh, man! And so Homer's like, "You see, boy, the real money is in bootlegging." Not your childish vandalism. And Bart's like, oh, so many wasted nights. Well, I don't think Bart's trying to make money by vandalizing things. He didn't realize the opportunities, yes. the money-making opportunities that existed in crime. Yeah, yeah that's in true. Petty yeah. Crime. Um, and so now we see Lou, Eddie, and Rex Banner sitting in a diner. And uh, the outside of this is a reference to Edward Hopper's painting, Nighthawks. I'm glad um, you guys incorporated that into the show. That's that, great. That was the second one. I think this uh, that also it was in season two or three. Yep. There was a, a yeah. Nighthawks reference yep. too. But yeah, this yeah. is a, a, a appropriate one. Yes. And so Eddie asks Rex, "What's wrong?" And Lou's like, "Yeah, you've hardly touched your banana kaboom." And uh, <laughs> I love this in the third person. He's like, "Rex Banner is not having a very happy birthday." That is one of the funniest shots in the Simpsons history. Yeah. The shot of Rex Banner looking all serious behind that banana split with the sparklers in it yeah. makes yeah. me laugh. Like I print out two. There's two frames from the entire time that we were that I think are the funniest frames ever. This is one I printed out and put it on my wall. The okay. other one is the one with um, Whitey Ford unconscious on the on the oh, face no, yeah, that's with great. the pretzels that's great. raining down on him. Yeah. But this yeah, the two the ones that, like, this the image the one <laughs> cell makes me laugh and laugh and laugh. Yeah, that's great. So uh, now Rex pulls out a newspaper and shows uh, shows it to Eddie and Lou, and we get a, another headline: Beer Baron beats Banner, and sub headline: Family sedan outruns cops. <laughs> oh god that's great i love those um and so then i love i love this barney walks by all drunk and puts his face up on the glass he's like hello fishies <laughs> <laughs> and banner, banner punches through the glass and grabs barney he's like he asks him if some blind tiger is jerking suds on the side and barney's like yes 
And as Bill said, alluded to, this is uh, uh, blind tiger is another term for speakeasy. Yes, apparently. Um, yep. Yeah, apparently. Right what I read, what we read, yeah. and jerk and suds means you know serving beer. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, isn't like the jerk like the the tap? Yeah. Isn't right. Isn't that's that, what, yeah, that's, that's what a term for that. Two. Yeah. Um, and uh, Homer and Bart, you know, come up from the basement with more bowling balls. And Homer says he's forgot to check if the coast was clear. <laughs> You're already up there, dude. Just go with it. Yeah. And he's well, like, that's what he yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably clear. And then walks right into Marge and Lisa, dumping out all the beer that's in the bowling balls. He's like, Marge, I can explain. Let me explain. Why won't you let me explain? <laughs> and then, you know, Marge realizes that Homer is the beer baron and asks, you know, how you've been getting away with it. I mean, Homer, you know, yeah. for all purposes, he's done a lot of things he's so far. He's done an incredible amount life. of really, really brilliant criminal work in this enterprise. Yeah, and that's why we decided to have Marge appreciate it rather than, because also there's Marge always is poo pooing everything, and, yeah. or at least you know, because that's her role in the series is to be Homer's, you know, the opposition to Homer's crazy ideas. In this case, we already had Helen Lovejoy and Maude Flanders doing that. Yeah. And we didn't think, we thought it'd be funnier if Marge kind of liked it. And that's why you, that's why she acts the way she does. That's yeah. awesome. No, I mean, it's, it works. I mean, it works really well. And I love the fact that she realizes that Homer is practically an idiot all the time and <laughs> came up with a very solid plan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Homer's like, uh, or Marge's like, Homer, that's very clever. Homer's like, huh? And he's like, mom? It's like, well, <laughs> it is. I've known your father since high school, and this is the cleverest thing he's ever done. Besides, he's only breaking a silly 200-year-old law. I was like, it is silly, Marge. <laughs> and look at all the money I'm making. I was like, ooh, as he waves it in front of her. It's like, he's like, Mom, prohibition may be unpopular, but it's the law. And we still have, and Homer, Marge, and Bart all tell Lisa <laughs> to go to her room. Yes, that's great. <laughs> that is great. Oh, man. Uh, I love, I love, I mean, I'm sure once again, old timey stuff, but obviously breaking bad is kind of what I pictured when it was like, when, uh, Homer shows the Marge to, uh, Homer shows the money to Marge and it was like Walter showing his wife all the money that they're making selling, selling meth. I'm like, oh, well, there's perfect. Illegal things are great. At least 15 to 17 years before breaking bad. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's. Obviously, that in my memory, that's the most recent thing yeah, I've yeah. I've seen, and uh, you know now you know uh, Banner figures it out and you know goes to raid Moe's, and uh, you know Mo questions the raid because he's like what 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 this is a pet shop I like how he's like <laughs> as he's answering the door he's like trying to grab the the mechanism to turn the bar over and the walls around and get it to look like a pet shop and uh banner's like you know what kind of pet shop is filled with rambunctious yahoos and hot jazz music at 1 a.m <laughs> the best damn pet shop in town and everyone cheers while holding up their drinks and then hiding them back behind their backs. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great uh and then, you know, Banner tells the crowd that baby turtles and alligators may seem like a cute idea for a pet, but they grow up. <laughs> it's true. Very good, yeah, advice, is... good pet advice from Rex Banner. Yeah. Yep. I thought Banner was supposed to be smarter than this, but I guess not. 
Um, and then Banner and the cops leave, and then Mo pulls the lever, revealing that Barney did not get up off the chair, and <laughs> <laughs> he went underneath the bar. He's like, oh, those gears are really hurt. <laughs> that is one of my favorite jokes in this show, and I think it's probably because it was my joke. I think it was oh, my okay. joke. Uh, but it is like that's as opposed to the unrealisticness of those bowling pipes. <laughs> yeah. this, that's a realistic – that's a joke about something realistic. If you actually had – uh, the bar turning upside down like that, there would be gears down there <laughs> and, it, yeah. and you'd get caught in them if you were on the thing. So Barney, yes, it, no, Barney didn't fall off. He should have fallen off the stool, obviously, but he didn't. Yeah. He got ground up somewhat in the gears, which I think is, it's fun to think about. So yeah. being, being a executive producer and showrunner at this, that this time, I'm guessing since you have your hand in all the episodes for a season, do you get, still get a lot of the chance it seems to put your own inputs and, jokes in every once in a while i mean you don't want to force your jokes in but i think this was like i think this just arose like this was as i said i I recall this being a pretty fun easy like as i said before sometimes you're like you get a script in and you're like oh shit this is gonna be two (laughs) weeks of really hard work and we got to make up everything again and but when sports world returned in this script i'm pretty sure it was like oh this is gonna be great you know all we have to do is come on you know is maybe improve like 10 jokes across the board make some things clearer and i recall just like having the luxury of like yeah, we could just shoot the shit, add some jokes where we feel like it. And it wasn't like we're trying to force in new jokes, sure. yep. but we just wanted to clarify a few things. And I think this was an opportunity like that. And I, I wonder, <laughs> I would have loved to have been uh, the fly on the wall for the conversation with the animators that would be like, okay, Barney's going under and then he has to <laughs> come back up. <laughs> yeah. I think they figured it out immediately because it seems like, I mean, I'm sure you've seen stuff like this in fantasy movies or, yep. you know, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, or all, you know, things like that. There's got a, this, seen they must have used some sort of mental reference for this sure yeah um so now we see uh banner standing on the balcony i love this is probably one of my favorite parts of the whole episode uh standing on the balcony and he knows the beer baron is out there he's like you're out there somewhere beer baron and i'm gonna find you and homer in the distance yells no you won't and banner's like yes i will and then like off to the won't so the funny thing about yes. this, this scene... is one of those things that people like that people have gotten. There's a, been debate about it. You guys, I'm, this is what you're leading to, right? I'm interrupting you. What he Go says ahead. at the end. Yeah. 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 I've always. So when I originally saw this, I always thought he said like bow. No, I thought he which, said doe originally. And then, and then I thought doe. And then like, as I was watching this for, you know, recording purposes, I'm like, wait a second. I have closed captioning. So I turned <laughs> yep. out the closed captioning and it said, won't. I'm like, and I heard it back. I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. People have been asking about this for de- for decades. It's one of those things like, um, what are they, like, well, did Homer really say goodbye to his shoe? That Hank Scorpio one is uh, one. That, is he referring to that or a previous occasion? That's one. And there's another one where people hear it wrong. I can't remember which one it was, where they seem to be hearing it wrong or in two different ways. Uh, okay. In this case, it's always been won't. But it's one of those things that is regularly debated on the Simpsons Reddit or whatever. Homer yeah. says "doe" at the end. No, he doesn't. He says "won't." Turn on your closed <laughs> captioning. Yeah. So you got it. Yeah. Yep. No, that there's been so many times during this <laughs> there, for, during these first eight seasons where closed captioning has become our best friend. Oh yeah, there's like I, oh carhole. Of... It's carhole versus carhole. That's the other one that people oh, are always okay. up about. Like, does Mo say carhole or carhold? He says "hole." Let me oh, make it's that always clear. Whole. No. I, oh, I knew yeah. that was yeah. whole. But people thought it was hold. Car hold. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, there's been several times watching, and I'm like, I, I, I've my hearing sucks as is, 
too much loud music. Um, and so I'm like, wait, did I just hear that right? And so I'll just close down, close, uh, turn on closed captioning. Like, yeah. oh, I heard that wrong. You know, yep. away we go. Unless the closed captionist uh, got it wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, so the narrator talks about how the beer baron is still about and thumbing his nose at the authorities. Yeah. And, you know, Homer brought, bought a new hat. Looks nice. I like now, this one new is, hats. I remember this one in the stage directions. Schwarzholder script said Homer ha- now has a Borsalino hat and his shoes are very shiny. Like yes. shiny. The shoes are shiny. You notice there's a shot of his shiny shoes in there. Yeah. But it was specifically because we just wanted to indulge Schwarzholder in what he wrote. And we were like, <laughs> I don't know what a Borsalino hat is, but I think it's the kind of hat Al Capone had maybe. Okay. And oh, that's sure. the joke. Um, and the shiny shoes. So that's why there's that shot of the shiny shoes. Okay. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, Homer tells Bart to get cracking because Mo upped the order to 20 balls a night. And, you know, Bart tells Homer they ran out of beer. Well, I mean, <laughs> they only had a finite supply of what was buried. Yeah. And, but 20, uh, Homer... ball, 20 balls a night, though? I feel like Mo was pulling more customers than that into his shop. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm surprised it took him this long to run out of beer. Yeah, um, that too. Um, and Homer says he uh, he can't be out of beer because he's the beer bear. <laughs> makes sense. And so Mo interrupts Bart and Homer, um, and he's like, "Homer, my customers are sobering up, and they ain't got to, and they ain't gonna stick around for the ambiance. The ambiance, yeah, ambiance. <laughs> I, I like saying ambiance. Yeah, no, that's just that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta get me more beer. And Homer's like, "Sorry, I'm all out. Ooh, how about some turpentine or a cock?" <laughs> delicious cock (laughs) he did a nice job of of the cock tube of drawing the cock tube right there very clear what it is yeah Yeah. um and mo tells to find it or make it he doesn't care just bring him booze and fast homer's like make it a and then he goes to houseware warehouse your super (laughs) superstore store that's great i love that that's a good guy and so i love it homer goes up to the guy he's like i would like to order 42 bathtubs and the employee's like, "There, uh, we have a special for fifty for three thousand dollars, dude. That is cheap. That is pretty I know, cheap those for are cheap bathtubs. bathtubs. But let me bucks? say the joke is that they're selling fifty bathtubs is is a special. That's an absurd yes. thing to have a special for. <laughs> yeah. That's and that's a Schwartz, another Schwarzwalder joke where it's like that's perfect. Let's not tamper with it one yeah. was, was Schwarzwalder a uh, Sam's Club member back in the nineties? <laughs> no, it's just you can tell from his head. It's like the whole idea of having a bathtub special fifty oh, bathtubs. Yes. Who's going to buy fifty bathtubs? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. That's a joke. And then Homer is like so he doesn't want the special. He's angered at being at being questioned. He said. I said 42. <laughs> um, and so now we see uh, some of the uh, bathtub concoctions. We got rye, gin, beer, cognac, somehow 12-year-old scotch, and uh, pina colada. And this is another thing that's a reference to actual stuff that happened in Prohibition. Bathtub, yeah. The phrase bathtub gin, gin is an actual commonly used phrase from back then because people did make – I guess gin was easier to make than many other alcohols. People would make yeah. it in their bathtubs. And well, vodka's so got to be pretty easy from. to make, right? I, I, it's beyond my pay grade to know that, but I think it's uh, I, I think that you know, bathtub gin is the phrase. That's where this, all yeah, this whole thing comes from. Yeah. Uh, so Lisa tells Homer that making alcohol is more illegal than what he was doing before. Uh, yeah, sure, Lisa. And Homer tells Lisa, I think it's about the same illegalness. Uh, Homer tells Lisa to remember that all they're doing is disobeying an unjust law. He calls himself a patriot, like all those people in jail. And honestly, oh, listening no. to that, that has joke, 
that now. today has a lot more resonance than it did back then. Back yeah. then it was a joke. The funny yeah. thing is back then it was a joke, but now it seems like maybe he meant it sincerely. Yeah. Like yeah. it's very much like the whole thing with the, um, with Cromulent and a biggin. Yeah. Cromulent and a biggin. Those were made up words. Those are made yes. up words, but now they're actually in the dictionary. So there's no joke there anymore. Yeah. This is yeah. the same thing. Yeah. This is the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so everybody is waiting at Moe's and, Finally, a bowling ball comes in and everybody cheers because, you know, Homer, Homer's, Homer's doing what he, what he needs to do. And so now we see Banner on the streets uh, looking for, for the beer baron and he grabs Ned Flanders. Oh, you, says, forgot, you forgot about the guys that got the, the, the bathtub, the bathtub mint, mint, julep. mint julep. Yes. Oh, yeah. The, ba- the, the funny thing is that Homer's making pre-mixed cocktails. He doesn't need to go <laughs> out of trouble. He's wasting a lot of valuable bowling ball space yes. by <laughs> mixing the cocktails before putting them in the bowling balls. Yeah. Like, you know, he could have just delivered the liquor and let Mo yes. make the mint julep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Bar- uh, Banner grabs Ned Flanders and he's like, are you the beer baron? And Ned's like, well, if you're talking about root beer, I plead gil diddly ilty as char diddly arged. <laughs> Banner's like, to Lirinetti, he's not the Baron, but he sounds drunk. Take him in. <laughs> I mean, look, Ned, when Ned talks like that, he does sound like he's drunk. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Lirinetti take Ned away, and Banner grabs a uh, comic book guy, and he's like, are you the beer Baron? Yes, but only by night. By day... <laughs> I'm a mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper. God, I love his sass. Yeah. I love his sass. And Banner's like, don't crack wise with me, Tubby. Tubby? Oh, yes. Tubby. <laughs> I love that. So, oh. I, I, maybe this might be the only, probably not the only time to ever ask this, but so, Ned Flanders, we've had this, I think, this discussion before. In Ned's basement, dude has his own beer taps and brews his own beer. How come he's never like actually seen drinking? I guess, drinking? I don't recall. Did he? I know he had yes. his beer taps. He had. The, I don't recall him brewing his own beer. No, no. no oh, no. does he not does, brew it? Oh no, he doesn't right. brew it. He, he does. He does get it in. But yeah, he has his own beer taps in the basement. Well, we I think never... the thing is that over time he became much more of a Christian fanatic than he was. Basically, he was just supposed to be kind of a nice, annoying guy. And uh... then he. And then now, I think. I think even as early as like season five or six. We were making him much more of like the kind of guy who would not drink at all, as opposed yeah, to that's friendly, what I was... friendly a nuisance. Okay, oh, okay, because I was like, man, he's like <laughs> has beer with Homer during Homer loves Flanders, and I'm like, that's like about it. That's it's, yeah. it was just kind of weird to have like a bar basically in Flanders' basement when yeah. he was like everything. He, early on. He wasn't quite that much of like a, a Christian fanatic. He was more just kind of a nice, an annoying person. And I think that over time we leaned more into him being kind of like. He probably would be much more of a temperance person like like his wife. Yeah. Sure. Okay, cool. Um, and so, and then I love how Homer and Bart walk by with a wagon full of ingredients for booze. <laughs> He's got tequila worms, barley, and sour mash. Uh, where did he get sour anyways? Um, <laughs> and Homer asks Banner, how's it hanging? And Banner's like, none of your business. <laughs> Great. And so, uh, and I love how like Homer just walks by with all this and Banner doesn't even notice it. Um, and so now we see Homer and Bart are stirring uh, some gin when one of the stills explodes and they both scream. I mean, look, if something explodes, you're going to scream. And uh, Marge rushes in to ask what happened. And Bart's, you know, he's about to tell her that one of the stills exploded, but Homer stops him by covering his mouth. 
and tells tells her, "Oh, it's nothing. It's probably that bean I had for dinner." <laughs> he had one bean. That's a, such a Schwarzwalder joke too. It's like he had one bean. It doesn't make any sense at all. And I should say also, by the way, stills do explode, which yeah, is why yep. brewing, making your distilling your own alcohol at home is very dangerous. And like mm-hmm. you know, people in back in the prohibition you know people out in the mountains west virginia or whatever and still oh, yeah. to some day make moonshine and it's they die in still explosions <laughs> regularly so this yeah, is yeah. this is all again based on fact okay well, i like how i like how things do like exploding in the simpsons basement oh my god yeah. this the cup upcoming the still multiple still explosions makes me laugh and laugh and laugh <laughs> and I, see, I don't want to spoil the joke you're just about to get yeah. go ahead so yeah so the stills you know continue to explode while homer and Marjorie in bed i love how homer's like He's just making explosion sounds, trying to cover Ooh, it up. Yes. And, it's like, and he's like, Marge like, I can hear them exploding. <laughs> it's like, Homer, there's no reason to make those noises. <laughs> your, home, yeah. your homemade liquor is exploding. <laughs> and uh, Marge tells Homer, you made some money and had some fun of being a wanted criminal. Maybe you should just quit while you're ahead. I mean, it's fun. Like, Marge is finally coming down from kind of that high. Yes, the high. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's like, all right, let's let's get out. And Homer gets out of bed, you know, as a large rumbling sound can be heard. And was like, excuse me for a moment. And he goes downstairs and you hear a huge explosion and Homer runs outside on fire. Uh, stop dropping and rolling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like, Marge, I think we're going to quit. <laughs> yeah. Once you've lit- I think he says, lit- I thought about what you've said, honey. Yeah. yeah, yeah I decided yeah. to quit. It's yeah. funny because he's so caught. Like. Two things about that sequence that make me laugh is one, the incredible, it's very well directed. The fact that the, ex- the establishing shot of the house, the exterior shot of the house, just those lights, the flashing lights coming from the basement windows of the explosions yeah. make me laugh and laugh. And then that, yes, the shot of him entirely shot from the window, from Marge's mm-hmm. perspective of him running around the yard on fire and then stopping <laughs> and then being all calm when yeah. he says, I've decided to quit. <laughs> it's a brilliantly directed sequence. Yeah. Um, and Homer walks down the street and says, his fun's over, but still have all my wonderful money. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Wiggum jumps out of the alley and points a gun at Homer. He's like, stick him up. It's like, geez, what happened to you, Wiggum? You look terrible. <laughs> yeah, never mind how I look. You going to give me that money or not? And I was like, well, I don't think so. You don't even have a trigger for that thing. It's like, yeah, I had to sell the trigger. And most of the handle to feed my family. Come on, give me the dough. I can throw this pretty hard. And Homer's like, poor Wiggum. Poor Wiggum, again. Poor Wiggum's like, poor Wiggum. <laughs> oh, some of the best. I, I love it. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for Ralph at this point. Yeah. yeah, that's why we didn't put him in the show because it would it actually the Wiggum's state would actually be kind of sad if you knew anything yeah. more about it <laughs> rather than yeah. just being, it's being silly. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, Homer, Homer, uh, asks if Wiggum hates Banner, we was like, ask who, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy that took your job, <laughs> like, yeah, I hate Banner more than anything. <laughs> uh, and Homer asks Wiggum if he'd like to show Banner up by beating him at his own game, you know, and Banner holds a press conference to say that the flow of illegal liquor has dried up and public drunkenness has ceased. It's cause Homer, uh, Homer stopped. Stop. Yeah. Well, you so you would think, and then Rex said, "I won the war on alcohol." <laughs> and then someone asked the asked about the beer baron, and Rex believes that he was just an invention of the media. 
Oh which, god, that hits so much different this day and age. Now it sure Ooh. does. It sure does. <laughs> no, and then uh, Rex says, "Is this another Simpsons predicting the future?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. And then uh, Rex says, "The idea that someone could operate under his very nose is laughable." <laughs> sorry, a little that, laughter. That's, yeah, that's a little laughter, right? Rex just can't laugh. You don't know about what it. laughter sounds like. That yeah. that makes me. Dave, that was Dave Thomas's perfect, most perfect performance in a perfect episode. <laughs> his, that his reading of that line and his coughing and stuff just so perfect. <laughs> yeah, that, that was great. Uh, and then Ket bunts in to say they are going live on Evergreen Terrace, where former police chief Wiggum has captured the beer baron. <laughs> and then uh, Lenny asks, oh, Lenny asks, they captured Homer? You know, and then Banner looks surprised. He's like, uh-oh, crap. Yeah. Um, and so now we cut to uh, Wiggum explaining to the crowd about Homer's scheme. And Homer tells Wiggum he forgot one thing. Wiggum's like, what? Homer's like, I filled the balls with a funnel. Because <laughs> that's important, Homer. It's, I know, it's so funny. And that every time I th- use a funnel or the word funnel comes to mind, that sticks in my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Marge tells Homer that it was a sweet thing he did for Wiggum. And she was like, but what's going to happen to you? And Homer's well, like, for you, a sweet thing he did for poor Wiggum. She, once yeah. again, she uses the weird phrase, just yeah. the weird phrase, poor Wiggum. <laughs> poor Wiggum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Homer's like, eh, I'm probably just going to slap on the wrist. And then he's tied up and put into a catapult because that's what the, uh, that's, that's what the law. In the charter. That's the law. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, Homer, as he's lying in the catapult, tells Wiggum this is the last time he's going to help him. <laughs> and uh, Wiggum tells Homer, he's like, oh, look, I thought you were going to get a fine or at most three or four years in jail. <laughs> they all they all forgot about the charter, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, you know, Banner stops everything because he wants to test the catapult to make sure it works. Well, which... it's a million years old. It was probably from yeah. the medieval times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Banner puts a cat. He oh puts God. a cat on the catapult, uh, and then launches the cat. I'm, ass- oh. I'm assuming that you, that's what you guys were going for. Cat on the a catapult. catapult? No, no. It was just because the sound of a cat being distressed oh. is funny. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's good uh, too. But I thought yeah, I thought funnier than a dog. Cat. You know, this is yeah. the thing. I don't like. I actually felt bad this time when I was like, "Oh, that poor cat." I like. It, I never felt bad until I watched it today. Oh. As all oh, that poor cat. Previous times, I was like, "That's hilarious." Now, as a cat owner, multiple oh. multiple cats, I feel like, "Oh well, that poor cat didn't deserve that." Um, but but it is the sound of a cat going angrily is a funny sound. But I also remember that there was another. Like it wouldn't have been as funny if it was a dog, but. In the episode with Lard Lad, in the Halloween episode, when yeah. Lard Lad kicks that dog that's barking at him, that's yep. hilarious. Yeah. He kicks the dog and it's barking and it flies off over the horizon. That is one example of a, do- of a dog abuse that is funny in The Simpsons. Uh, that's oh, great. God. Yeah. So, you know, Banner gives his okay. Um, and Marge runs in and says, you know, they can't do this. Um, and she explains, you know, all Homer did was violate a law that doesn't make sense. And um, and she admits that uh, car crashes and fist fights have been down uh, because obviously drunk drunkenness has been down. Uh, but prohibition has cost them their freedom, their freedom to drink. Uh, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, in the United States, I mean, that's pretty much why they repealed Prohibition in the first place was because it was unconstitutional. Also, we were in a depression. Everybody was not going to put up with that anymore during the Depression. Yeah, yeah. Because if there's one thing that uh, can withstand a depression or a recession, it's alcohol sales. Yeah, as we all know from COVID, when (laughs) when drinking went up across the board. Oh, my God. Uh, And so Banner interrupts and tells Marge it is not up to them to choose which laws to obey. If it were... (laughs) He would kill everyone that looked at him. <laughs> I mean, look, I can't, I can't disagree with that assessment. He's a, um, you know, he's a, he's an intense guy. That Rex Banner. Yeah. Yes, so you know, Banner keeps talking and stands on the catapult, and Wiggum, you know, gives the nod, and uh, Eddie launches Banner uh, <laughs> with the catapult, which is great. Uh, and now Rex Banner is most likely dead. Um, maybe he landed in a lake or something and came out fine. Maybe the cat did too. That's what I like to think that neither uh, of them okay. were harmed. Okay. Uh, the, the, the catapult was aimed at Lake Springfield. It's okay. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, so Quimby says, well, that was unexpected. And so they, uh, they reset the catapult. He's like, all right, let's get this over with. And so the old clerk guy interrupts. He's like, I found more lines on the parchment. He says, the prohibition law was passed 200 years ago. But was repealed 199 years ago. So it lasted for all of a year. God, the old clerk guy sucks at his job. For sure. I mean, that's the joke to some extent, yes. is how incredibly flimsy this whole thing is. Uh, and so, you know, Quimby has Homer released and apologizes to Homer. He's like, how long can you, uh, how long will it take for you to flood uh, our town with booze again? And Homer's like, I'm sorry. I'm not in that business anymore. And Fat Tony walks out. Four minutes. Four minutes. <laughs> and so the narrator finishes up that the town had a brief flirtation with Prohibition, and it ended in joyous remarriage to Lady Liquor. And then we see Homer and all the townspeople gathered around for the greatest line, I believe, in Simpsons history. And he makes a toast to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Oh, that yeah. is, and I think as you said earlier in this thing, that's one of the few stories from this rewrite that, like they said, this was such a light rewrite to begin with. Yeah, that story, and it was Mike Scully who pitched this. Who that line was somewhere in the mid second act, and he's like, oh. maybe we should make that line the ending of the show. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh yeah, that's genius. <laughs> and so that was one of the most substantial changes made was just moving that line to the end. I I um, absolutely I use that line so much. It's it's a pretty so popular much. line. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, before we get into our character profile, or do we character? I don't know. First? Well, okay. So, Bill, if you're you're okay with this, I mean, I think we all know where we're going <laughs> with it. We typically, when it's just me and my brother talking, we do uh, our final thoughts and we rate the episode on what we we thought, and we have a fun rating scale. One is a doe. Two is uh, <laughs> eat my shorts. Eat my shorts. <laughs> Three is don't have a cow man. Four is mm, sprinkles, and five is everything's coming up Millhouse. Then we give our, oh, nice. our reasoning behind it. But I mean, I for me, it's <laughs> it's five. Everything's coming up Millhouse because even the the last line to begin with, to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all life's problems, kind of just ties this episode up in a bow. Like it is one of the funniest episodes that I've seen. I keep watching this episode just over and over and over again. And like like you said, it's like kind of the absurdness of prohibition in the town of Springfield, Homer making alcohol, I mean, the Rex Banner old-timey stuff. It just, everything ties together so perfectly, and 
just makes it one of the probably one of the best season or episodes of the Simpsons. I agree with you. You don't have to, you don't have to convince me. I think that's <laughs> yeah. like, it, it, it's, I think it is. It's, it's also one of the joke. I think the thing is that, like, it's got so many jokes and they're all so specific to the Schwarzwalder style of Simpsons writing. Not the kind of thing you see in other shows um, that continue to delight me every time I see them, including this morning when I saw it again. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, this is such an iconic episode, I think. And I think it encapsulate like how perfect the Simpsons can be with the right writing and the right directing and just all the little funny jokes. As Steve said that the last line ties everything together. Great. I, I, you know, everything is put so well together that it just, even with all the nonsensical stuff and, and in all of our, like most of our other episodes, <laughs> Steve and I like to question some of the absurdity to it. And, but like, even with this episode, the absurdity of some of the stuff is just what makes this episode yeah. so great. And it's just, I I love this episode. It's interesting when you say that my sitter, this my, the babysitting one came right before this because yeah. they could not be more different. I think this is the thing yeah. is when we, Josh and I had to, you know, put all the th episodes on index cards up on a big bulletin board. And we want to have a good mix. So we always, you know, mm -hmm. we didn't want to have two homers in a row. We wanted to have an emotional one. And this one, it's funny because this babysitting one is about as realistic as you can get. It's 100% realistic from, from start to finish. And this one is the opposite. It's not realistic <laughs> at all in almost any way, but it came one week later. Which yeah, shows yeah. you know, Simpsons is one of the few shows that can do that. Like, yeah. there's so few shows because of the nature of the Simpsons, uh, at least back then, m most shows didn't do that. You know, if you watch Mad About yeah. You or you watch whatever, <laughs> they didn't have crazy episodes like this. Yeah. You know, they had, they were always the same tone. This was, yes. you know, the, the fact that the Simpsons was able to do episodes in many different tones is what makes it, made it so successful, I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, and, you know, it's it's one of those things, like kind of how I commented how, you know, at the beginning, how Bart, uh, <laughs> you know, got Lisa got back at Bart for pinch, you know, say, hey, more pinching down at his legs. I'm like, ah, eh, well, you know, he kind of deserves it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's finish off the episode with our character profile. And this week we have Rex Banner, voiced by Dave Thomas. His occupation, lawman sent from Washington to clean up Springfield's bootlegging. During modern day prohibition, his attire, 1920s Chicago, his demeanor, no nonsense and fearless, has been compared to mob buster Elliot Ness. Uh, his speech pattern, <laughs> literal, <laughs> uh, takes bribes, never, and his blind spot cannot seem to identify Homer as the beer baron, despite <laughs> evidence right under his nose. <laughs> Uh, he well is, said. Well said. He is absolutely fantastic. So, Bill, thanks again for for being on this episode. Um, absolutely fantastic. I know season eight and kind of the beginning of season nine is kind of your tail end of your your life with the Simpsons. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing. At least that's what I. Yeah, I we read. Didn't, we weren't even we barely participated in season nine, but episode two episodes we did in season eight were held over to be broadcast to season, in season nine. nine. That's what it was. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So so even though even though you might not have been on The Simpsons for seasons after, you're definitely more than welcome to, to come back and talk about yeah. other Simpson episodes that you might not have been a part of. Well, thank you. I haven't seen most of them, but but I appreciate oh. the <laughs> offer. 
<laughs> Perfect. Um, so uh, let's finish it off with where you can find us. So, Bill, if you want to let everyone know, you know, if you have something you're working on, want to plug anything, where they can find you on social media, go for it. I have two things to plug. First of all, uh, the biggest, th- the most successful thing I've ever done that was not created by Matt Greening is an as a series of things as I do on Audible. Audible.com, as you know, does podcasts and audiobooks and things like that. I wrote uh, a book that came out last year, audiobook. It's more of a podcast or a radio show called Space 1969. It stars Natasha Leone, and it is a retro sci-fi comedy uh, that takes place in a universe where Kennedy did not Kennedy did not die from being shot, but just went oh. a little tiny bit crazy and decided to end the Vietnam War and expand America into space as quickly as possible. Natasha Leone plays a nurse who works on an American space station and is drawn into a giant conspiracy. Um, it's my favorite thing I've ever written and you can get it on audible.com. Uh, it's 10 episodes of about 30 minutes a piece. Cool. Uh, and I, they have, uh, it was so successful that they've already commissioned the sequel, which I am, have just, I will start working on shortly. Um, then uh, also some of you may know my main thing I do other than write comedy is do food stuff. I'm a food celebrity influencer (laughs) and (laughs) I appear on TV shows like the food that built America on the history channel, talking about fast food and snacks. I have an Instagram. My Instagram is that bill Oakley where I do food stuff. I do videos about fast food, snack food, frozen food, and post things on my Instagram story almost every day. So if you want to, um, if you're interested in food, you should, Check that out. And also join the Steamed Hams Society. You know, I wrote that Steamed Hams thing. Steamed Hams is euphemism for hamburgers. Steamedhamssociety.com. That's a club for people who like to talk about food all the time. And we have lots of events. It's a Patreon. We have a Discord. We have live streams. We have merchandise. It's my food club that I um, am the founder of. And we talk about food all day long on, on online. So that's uh, those are my things that I would like to plug. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, so you guys can find us on Instagram, the Simpsons did it pod. Uh, you can find us on uh, YouTube. Um, the Simpsons did it podcast or at the Simpsons did it podcast to listen to all of our back episodes on there. You can find us on Spotify, Apple podcast, anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. We're there. Um, if you guys would like to give us a rate and review, uh, you can do that on Apple podcast. You can email us the Simpsons did it pod at gmail.com. Uh, lastly, you can give us a phone call if you'd like to go that route, 612-584-0986. Be sure to check out Jaden Lurban's voicemail message and laugh at that and then leave us a review after that. So until next time, I'm Steven Skolansky. And I'm Robert Skolansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. <laughs>